you're blessed and you know you're blessed, shout yeah! Shout yeah! Shout yeah! yeah. Hallelujah! Glory to the name of the Lord. How many of you know it's the Father's good pleasure to bless his children? I said it's the Father's good pleasure to bless his children. Bible said, huh? which one of you being a natural father, when your child asks for bread, gives him a serpent or a stone? He said, if you being an earthly father know how to give good gifts, how much more does your earthly father in heaven know how to bless you? I just wish I had a believer in the building that knows your God, knows the desire of your heart. He knows every need that you've got. And all you got to do is throw your hands in the air and shout, Daddy! Daddy! Ah, you're a great big God. Y'all might remember the story of the little boy who went downstairs one morning and sat at the breakfast table 90 days before Christmas time. I got him sweating like a stuck pig. I'm going to steal the evangelist out. And he sat down at the table 90 days before Christmas. And he said, Mama, he said, I know what I want for Christmas. She said, son, do you know that Christmas is still a long ways away? He said, yeah, mama, but I already know what I want for Christmas. I want a brand new bicycle. She said, all right, baby, I, okay. Make sure to put that on your list. And he said, mama. She said, yes, baby. He said, mama, I just want to say thank you. She said, what do you want to say thank you? I want to say thank you in advance for buying me that bike for Christmas. She said, okay, all right. Well, we'll see what happens, you know. You know, you know, never know what's going to happen. Next morning, the little boy gets down the stairs, sits down at the breakfast table. He said, mama, I just want to say thank you. She said, well, what's going on, baby? He said, I want to say thank you for that brand new bike. You're going to buy me for Christmas. You're the best mama a boy could ever have. Mama, you look so beautiful. You're so, mama, I just want to say thank you. She got a big smile on her face and said, all right, I know what you're trying to do. Third day, he came down the stairs, sat at the breakfast table, said, oh, mama, this is the best breakfast I ever had in my home. Mama, thank you for waking up this morning and making me breakfast. You're such a good mama. A boy could never have a better mama than the one I got. And mama, yes, baby, I just want to say thank you for that brand new bicycle. Wouldn't you know it's seven days later when the little boy came down the stairs one morning, uh, two and a half months before Christmas, uh, there in the dining room sat a brand new bicycle. Ah, uh, oh, she said, I just couldn't take it anymore. You need to understand how your God feels uh, about you uh, when you come into the house of God uh, and you just keep saying, thank you, God. I know you're a good God. God, um, I know you'll take care of me. Uh, 
God, I thank you for answering my prayers. God, I thank you for being there. God, I thank you for making a way when there was no way. Somebody ought to just go ahead and do it right now. Lord, I thank you for opening doors. God, I thank you for shutting doors. Somebody ought to provoke the heavens tonight. Somebody ought to provoke your God tonight. I'll praise him now. He can do it later. I'll give him glory. I wish somebody would praise him like it's already done. I wish somebody would praise him. Yeah, yeah. Somebody shout thank you. Shout thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it feels mighty churchy in here tonight, y'all. My God, where's the Bible? I just preached. How many of you were blessed by the word of the Lord this morning? My, 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 wasn't the presence of God in this place in such a mighty way. We're so grateful for all of our guests, our visitors that are here tonight, all of those watching online. Welcome to Sunday Night Live at the Rock Church. We're so excited to have Brother Willis back in the house of the Lord tonight. How many of you want him to just come and obey the Holy Ghost tonight? How many of you ready to just follow the man of God? You ready? Uh, if it's time to shout, we're ready to shout. Uh, if it's time to repent, we're ready to repent. Uh, would you stand on your feet all over this building one more time uh, and put your hands together and give God your best praise uh, as the man of God comes tonight to preach the word of the Lord. I got one word tonight, Mama. Someone needs to say, Mama, please. I got to get a blessing tonight. Come on, I got to have a blessing tonight. Turn your neighbor, give him a high five in the air, because that's what's socially acceptable right now. And I want you to believe God that God wants to do something in the miraculous here tonight. Someone shout, Yeah. Come on, somebody shout, Yeah. I mean, made up your mind, it's Sunday Night Live. And I'm glad I'm in church and the devil's mad, but we're still having church. We're still believing God for great things in this hour. Let's clap our hands, everybody, unto the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many appreciate your pastor and his family? Are they not some of the finest, incredible people of God? I came here four years ago, and four years ago, he would pick up the bass, start with the bass, and then Brother Matt would take over the bass, and he'd take the bass back from Matt. Now, Matt's completely taken over the bass, and he said, Pastor, you don't need this. And I have watched Brother Trevor uh, sing and not sing, because Pastor would step up there and sing, and then Trevor would sing, and then, uh, and so all of a sudden I realized, Pastor ain't singing no more, and Trevor's a singing now. You know what's happening? There's a generation coming up behind that's made up its mind. It's revival time. It's revival time. Oh, somebody help me tonight. 
Genesis chapter 21, verse number 8. Genesis 21, verse number 8 through verse number 12. And then Romans chapter 8, 6 through 9. I'm glad to be a part of the heir of God's kingdom. I'm glad to be born again of water and of spirit. How many believe right now that being baptized in the name of Jesus is for the washing away of my sins? When I repent and ask God for forgiveness, he forgives my sins. And when we're baptized, God washes away those sins. There ain't no better experience than to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And then believing God that we'll be baptized unto Holy Ghost and fire. How many believe in the Holy Ghost and fire in Jesus' name? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Appreciate all the men, the hardworking team around here. Amen. I do give honor to Brother Sloss as well. He's my brother from another mother, and I love him very much. Hardworking. Praise God. Amen. Verse number 8 of Genesis chapter 21. I will try not to take long tonight to get there, but I do feel God's going to do something powerful tonight. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abram, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. All that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For Isaac shall thy seed be called. Everybody say, Isaac is the seed. Romans chapter 8 verse number 6 says this. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God and neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. How many know that you're born again of water and of spirit? But in the spirit, and so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Tonight. I'm going to preach on this subject. The house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. So let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our voices in the heaven. Those that are online, we welcome you here tonight. And we believe God that God would move in your household right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We pray the mighty hand of God would move tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now turn around to about two different ones, give them a high five in the air and say, hey, we're still having apostolic church. Praise God. A house divided cannot stand. You may be seated. We find here that God had given a word to Abraham. He said in Genesis 12, I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
And the Bible begins to talk to Abraham that Abraham began to have a burden that he would have a son after his own seed. And because Abraham began to plead with the Lord after God had given him a promise that through his seed there would be great blessings to come from it. And so we find here the Lord had given Abraham a son. Uh, and in giving him a son, God was fulfilling a promise to Abraham and what Abraham was going to be to the world. you got to understand the promise that God gave Abraham was not just an earthly promise. He said his seed shall be as the sand of the seashore, but not did he just end there? He said that his seed also shall be likened unto the stars of heaven, that it will be a continual blessing upon this earth. That's why if you believe right now that if you're in the church of the living God, that you are a person that is living a blessed life unto God. That living a blessed life unto God, there is no other life worth living than to live under the umbrella of the blessings of God. Does anybody believe that here tonight? And so the enemy's job would begin to try to interject himself into you and your life. And his job is to try to get you uh, to believe that you can have the world and you can have uh, uh, the things and the ideas that come from the world and the devil mixed in the same household as that of a blessed Household, But I'm here tonight to tell you there is no other life but a blessed life. There cannot be a, a, a world that comes in from outside and can dwell inside the world and the church world. The mixing will never make it when it's all said and done. And so... I'm here tonight uh, to talk to the Rock Church uh, to let you know uh, that if you want to live a blessed life, uh, you're on the right side uh, of this thing here tonight. And so we find, though, before Abraham uh, has got in, uh, when he got a word from the Lord that God was going to give him a son, and yes, uh, uh, they kind of laughed at God, and God uh, uh, said to them, well, you're going to have this son. And they said, oh, no, no, we're a little old now. We can't have this thing. And, and how's this going to happen? People are going to laugh at us. That at our age, can we have such a promise? Uh, but we've got to understand something about promises of God, that when God says it, it will happen. There will not be a question whether it will or won't happen happen. That's why you've got to believe tonight that when God has given you a word from him, you need to bank every investment upon that word from God. We can't live under questioning if God said it. If you know God said it, you better believe it and know that God will fulfill what he said he's going to do. Do I have anybody here to help me tonight? Amen. So the devil's job is to come in and try to 
bring a division among you and your faith in God. That's why you've got to know there's something that should be protected. Your protection is that I choose to be blessed by God. The enemy does not want you to live blessed. The enemy does not want you to live under that kind of umbrella. The enemy would be happy to let contention come in into your own household and create a type of unsettleness in your own house. But somewhere you've got to protect what God has told you and tell the enemy, I want to be blessed and I'm going to live the life of a blessing. And so we find here that Abraham and Sarah got a little in a hurry. They decided that they were going to use the traditions that was in play in their time. That they would take of the bondwoman, the woman of the house, that Abraham could have a child because it was not uncommon to have barren mothers uh, that could not have children, that they could have children through uh, their handmaids and so on. And so we find here that Abraham's choice uh, to step outside the level of faith, uh, that he decided that they could uh, maybe interject uh, God's blessing into their life based upon his own idea and his own purpose. So somehow they, uh, they, can, they, they put together this idea, well, just go ahead, uh, we can have a child this way. And we find here in the scripture that that caused a problem because when promise came, when blessing came, when it began to come to the house of God, there caused a friction between the choice of the flesh and the choice of God's word in her life. That's why Rock Church, don't you back up from every word that God has ever given you. Do not step aside and let the enemy interject his idea how you're going to see the fulfillment of the blessings of God in your life. You need to tell the enemy, I still choose to be blessed by God. So we find here that Sarah begins to notice that the, the idea what Abraham did, the vision from God versus the vision that came out of their own making, that it began to mock everything that was God's design. She saw that in her own house that there caused a division was happening in the midst of their own house. And she saw it and she said, we cannot have this any longer. And so we, the church of the living God, we got to make up in our mind that we cannot have a mixture of our own making and the mixture of God's plan mixed together in the house of God. We've got to make up our mind that we cannot live under such an environment. Now we find here that Abraham struggled with the idea that through his own making that this was going to have to be separated. 
There was a struggle that had happened there between Abraham. And yes, the Bible says that God made through Ishmael a great nation through his seed. And that God took care of the situation even though it was wrong. So we find here that through time there began to be a struggle between such two that was constantly pulling at each other. You'll find that Jesus even mentions in our day, he says, suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth and tell you, but rather I've come to give you division, he said. From henceforth there shall be five in one household divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father and the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother and the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and so on. Jesus begins to warn them of such an event that would take place and we are beginning to see some of this prophetic word come to our day and hour where there is coming a day that God's going to have to separate the sheep from the goats, separate the wheat from the tares. God's going to have to separate the faithful to the unfaithful. He's going to have to separate the things that God wants versus the things that man wants. And God is going to begin to do things in the end time church that are going to be hard to handle. We're going to see it and we're going to struggle with it. We're going to see it and we're going to think, oh, God, how in the world? What are you doing right now? How do you not know we had over 500 over a month ago in our church? Now we're down to 250, God. So this division that God began to bring because he was separating the elect versus the unlect. I'm not talking about people that are home because they're sick. And I'm not talking about that. I'm, not, I'm talking about the places that God takes the church and those that try to intermingle with the world's uh, viewpoint into the church will never mix and will never mesh. And so the fight begins. And God begins to use the fight to establish what is and what is not. And so Brother Jonathan comes, where's Brother Jonathan, where are you at? And so we find here, Brother John, amen, that there begins to be a struggle between two houses. And so we find here that, Naim, you are the Isaac of the hour. And you are the Ishmael of the hour. So get closer, get closer. I just want you to be about a foot apart from the rope. Just let the rope hang, hang on this side. So the Bible says that God blessed Ishmael. Just gotta, I got to break it down for y'all now. Y'all ain't catching this up. So they begin to have a struggle. And that the, this spirit begin to mock this spirit. You got to understand that those of faith and those that live under blessings will always be mocked by the unblessed. There will be people who cannot handle why you're being used and you're not being used. There will be a spirit that begins to say, why in the world are you preaching on a youth night? Why ain't I preaching on a youth night? Because this seed is blessed and this seed is not. Yeah. Go over to the middle. 
And so these two begin to fight amongst each other. And we find that the Bible begins to have to deal with such spirits that are out there that are trying to create a turmoil amongst us all right now. But I'm here to tell every spirit of hell, I think the Rock Church of Fort Myers has made up its mind. I choose to be on the side of the blessing and the blesser. the Holy Ghost going to talk to us tonight. Oh, but somewhere you got to understand your human nature is not going to like how God sets a division between the blessed and the unblessed. You're going to find that God will let purging go on between the blessed and the unblessed. This dividing going on, this dividing that begins to flow into the hearts of churches. Because you'll notice there are times revival seems to take off. Sometimes revivals get stagnant. Revivals become calm. I am a person that believes in a perpetual revival, in a continual revival. Yes, churches go in ways, but it'll never stop flowing. I do not believe, I, I, I just believe in years of revival. I know that's not common. We can have a month revival one time this year, Pastor. And how dare us have revival in the middle of a pandemic right now. And so the struggle becomes real between the revivalist and the unrevivalist. Nona Freeman once mentioned, if you don't know Nona Freeman, probably many of you don't know, she was one of the greatest missionaries, her and her husband, to Africa. And she wrote, there are things that prevent revival. She wrote things like unbelief, disobedience, and fear, rebellion, jealousy, bitterness, lust, hatred, stubbornness, malice, greed, anxiety, judging, grumbling, complaining, pride, ambition, temper, selfishness, covetousness, impatience. These are all a core of carnality that comes in the heart of you and I. It's easy to slip in when we think we've got an answer, but we let our carnal nature take over. But somewhere we got to make up our mind that the carnal nature that we we operate in called the flesh. It can never please God. It, can, it is a nature about us that will always be at enmity or against God. If you have made up your mind, I want to be on the side of blessing, you're going to have to tell carnality, you're going to have to get out of this house. I wish I had somebody blame you right now. 
And so the enemy would get you to think, well, you can survive together. You can make it together. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Because the mama of the house, the keeper of the house, those that watch the spiritual activity of the house, it'll see it from afar off. I'm here today to tell you, the Holy Ghost has been talking to you, Rock Church. Oh, I come to let you know I've let carnality out of the house. I'm driving out stubbornness. I'm driving out I'm driving out envy. I'm driving out strife. I'm driving out anxiety. Oh, help me preach right now. Oh, but the enemy said, oh, no, can't we stay together? No. You've got to believe right now if you want to be a blessed man. Carnality becomes a core fight in 2020. We like to wrap it up as, well, I can still live amongst the blessed. The spirit of carnality would begin to talk in such ways that I'm a believer and still live with unbelieving methods in the house of believing methods. Carnality is earthbound. Carnality is earthly. Carnality is fleshly. It's materialistic. It's mundane. It's temporal. It is worldly. The opposite of carnality is heavenly. The opposite of carnality is we got to be unearthly. We are in the world, but not of the world. If you want to be on the blessed side of this walk with God, you got to make up in your mind, I can never let pride get in my way. Young people, you can't let lust get in your spirit. Oh, husbands, you can't let pornography get in the way between you and your spouse. I'm here. Now I know where I'm going. I'm telling you right now, carnality is trying to slip in and destroy the revivalist and the revival that's here. But somewhere in Rock Church, you've got to rise up and say, get out of this house. I refuse to let this come into this house. Nobody wants to talk about righteousness and carnality today. It has become the unspoken word in Pentecost. Because when you preach on carnality, you already get marked. That you're mean-spirited. You get marked that you don't love nobody. You get marked you're self-righteous. You get marked that you don't love the world. Paul said to the Corinthian church, let's keep pulling, boys. Well, men. Don't stop. I'm preaching. I'm working. Y'all keep working. (laughs) He said, I tried to bring spiritual things to you, Corinthian church. But because you are carnal, I have to treat you like babes in Christ. He said, I'm trying to bring you some meat. And I'm trying to bring you some things that will sustain you throughout the week. 
you got to understand, living on milk only sustains you from service to service. Oh, you need to help me preach a little bit. Ah. But meat, you can live on that a while because you can keep chewing it. Sometimes you got leftovers in your teeth that you have to pull out. Oh, that still tastes good. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat because you're not able to bear it, he told them. Neither are you now able to bear it. He said, for ye are yet carnal, yet uh, there is envy and strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal? Come on, keep working it hard, boys. Uh, I'm going to see who wins by the time this is done. Uh, and so uh, even carnal people would even say things like, uh, I'm from Paul. And, uh, and another would say, I'm from Apollos. Uh, amen. And the Bible says, well, aren't you the carnal one? Uh, it doesn't matter what you got born under or who you got born under. This is your man of God. Uh, and you, my God, I you got to learn we can no longer live under the milk of the word we got to live under God give us some meat give us something to chew on give us something to sustain us well that's not what we've been taught Pastor Williams oh well you are now and so he began to say I'm trying to bring you some things but I can't Carnality becomes the word of the day. Because we live, the world lives in the safe place. Leave me alone. Don't harm me, please. We have taken risk out of living and turned ourselves into being fearful of many things around us. We have become fearful of those because we are terror focused. We deal with mass shooting, school shooting, bomb threats, etc. Those things are all around us. Oh, we uh, listen to me right now. We even live under the realm. I've got to check the reviews out before I even believe it right now. I'm here today to tell you God is trying to raise up a generation that you're not living under milk any longer. I'm, I'm raising up a generation Oh, you're going to rise above carnal minds and carnal places. I'm taking you to a place to live under blessing. You've got to understand something. Something happened even with with Lot when he was called out of Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord's trying to save him. And he began to make a request back to the Lord. And the Lord said, I want you to go to this mountain. And, uh, you know, Lot said, well, not so, my Lord. Can you imagine telling God, uh, not so. The Lord told you to go teach a Bible study. Oh, not so. The Lord said, I want you to listen to your pastor. Oh, not so. That's what he said. He said, oh, not so, Lord. You have saved me in your mercy and grace. I'm paraphrasing, but this reason it's right there in the Bible. He said, you have saved me by your grace and your mercy. I'm sitting here, I'm just fine like I am. Well, I ain't going to that mountain. I ain't going where y'all know we can't do it because I'm going to die if I do. This was the attitude of Lot. Lot had this attitude. He said, why don't you just let me go to this little place called Zoar, this little place called the little one. Carnal people always live under the mentality, I just got to get enough to get by. 
and we'll use the excuse, well, Lord, I've got the Holy Ghost. Lord, you baptized me in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm fine like I am. Read it. It's there in the book. He said, oh, and so you actually begin to convince yourself that you can live carnally under the umbrella that you have been saved by the grace and mercy of God. you got to understand, Zoar, it is, and it means an engulfment. It means a place that swallows you up. And you become entangled under the, under the umbrella that we can have two forces in the same household. You'll notice the Bible says something happened to Lot at Zoar. You'll never find in Scripture where Lot feared Sodom. Sodom, wicked. That's crazy. You'll never find the Bible where he said he feared Sodom and Gomorrah. But the Bible says well, that while he was in Zoar, the Bible said Lot went up out of Zoar. He lost his wife there. This is what carnality do, cause you to lose your spouse there. That the Bible says that when they came out of Zoar, and then, then they went to dwell in the mountain, him and his two daughters. The Bible said he feared to dwell in Zoar. Something about being under that kind of umbrella scared him more than a wicked world that God just saved him from. Some of y'all got to get a revelation right now. You ought to fear being in the house of God uh, under the umbrella of carnality uh, while others are trying to live a blessed life. Uh, we've got to make up our mind, folks. Uh, I choose to be on the blessed side uh, of Calvary. Uh, I choose to be on the blessed side of a prayer life. Uh, I choose to be on the blessed side. Are you following me tonight? And so we find he feared to dwell in that engulfment. I'm hoping right now you fear carnality so much tonight. Hear me tonight. And so we find here that God has to separate because of the spiritual mama of the house realized the mocking between the Ishmael, the carnal, the fleshly making in the same household as the blessing, the seed of the blessed. The Bible says, yes, that you would have a, be a great nation. And yes, we understand that's the fight still today, that they'd be a great nation. And so you're going to have your nation. But there's something that happens here. When he has Isaac, Abraham has Isaac, the Bible says he does something with his seed in the middle of famine. A blessed man, a blessed man knows that he's going to have to learn how to plant seed in the middle of famine. The Bible says God blessed Isaac a hundredfold. some young, desirable preacher types, you know, that want to preach the word. Come on, anybody feel it? You need any, anybody, anybody? Run, 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 run. Don't, don't, don't. Come on, come on. I need anybody, anybody. Come on, you feel the call? Come on, come on. What you waiting on? Back in my day, we ran. Go ahead. Come on. Come on, come on. 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 Come on
my job to pick out who's preachers and who's not anymore. I'm just an evangelist, praise God. And so the fight's going on, but the seed, listen to me, this is the seed that happens. Because Isaac decides in the middle of a famine that he's going to go dig his father's wells and he's going to dig his own wells. He's not going to forsake what was been taught to him. He's going to create new things unto God. But the Bible says that because of this promised seed, that this thing's going to affect the land and it's going to affect the future of eternity based upon the seed of blessing right now. This blessing or not uh, that God gave to him that he would be a great nation ends in this life. But this blessing does not stop in this life. This blessing takes you to a place of eternity. Oh, you need to hear me right now. And so while uh, there's a fight going on uh, and things are happening, uh, come here, Bubba. Uh, come on. Uh, they begin to be a part uh, of a lineage uh, that goes beyond. Uh, you need to hear me right now. Uh, listen to me. The devil only had a third of the angels with him. Uh, and so I need some more Ishmael's right to help him out. He's getting a little sore up here. He's letting, he's letting old Naim put a whooping on him. I need some more Ishmael. Come here, Judah. Judah, where you at, Judah? Come on, Isaac, Judah. Y'all trying to hide. Come on up here. And, uh, you'll just go ahead and be Ishmael's tonight. I'll pick on y'all because y'all been picking on me all week, uh, making me eclairs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, carnal eating, bless God. Uh, and so uh, he might have a nation right now, but the promise that comes uh, to this blessing side, uh, amen, all of a sudden uh, there's another generation coming. Uh, come on, sis, uh, don't you stand back there and sit by mama house. Uh, uh, oh, what happens right now? This thing goes on. Uh, come on, Matt, don't you just love on your new wife tonight. You bring her with you because she might need you to lead her a little. Uh, all of a sudden we find uh, the imbalance uh, of a blessing uh, versus the unblessing. We find the nation of just earthliness fighting with the blessing of a door. Oh, you need to hear me right now. God is saying oh, you can't have a divided house. It will not stand. We've got to make up in our mind. We cannot live under the we can't live under the idea that carnality can survive in the midst of this house. We're part of a Seed that's blessed. Seed after seed after seed after seed. It's become the word they cannot use. Mentality has become a place. Comfortableness and comfort. You see, to be carnal means you let the old sin nature be still controlled in you while you try to live for God. It becomes the controlling force of your life while you still go to church. You say yes to selfish. Desires and no to godly desires. Carnal people love the milk. You get just keep preaching. 
Jesus came back there, my ma went to say, now don't you tell me how to live. Don't you show me what I got to do to make it through this thing. And I can live under the idea that I'll just say, I'm saved, I'm all right. And so the milk becomes your daily appetite instead of going and finding some meat and steak and chicken and fish and all those things that satisfy and sustain you for days on end. You live under the idea, I've got to have milk. The carnal Christian uh, never outgrows his baby stage. Pastor, would you still pray for me? I'm still addicted to this stuff. <laughs> Pastor, I just don't know how I'm going to survive. You still live under you. You remain stagnant and unproductive in the house of God. A Christian who's controlled by the old sin nature does not ever experience normal growth. While everybody else is being blessed and growing and maturing in stature, you stay in your little bubble. Carnal man needs the power of the Spirit to break, uh, control the old sinful nature, but their only hope since they are acting like unbelievers. The carnal believer is one who is yielding to the Holy Spirit, but they, uh, they understand that, well, that's what i got to have. i got to have the Spirit of God. i got to have the Spirit of God. Never eat the word preached to them by the milk. And they never want to digest for themselves. They always want to be preached to, but they never want to go read the Bible for themselves. Hear me. Since a carnal man lives on milk, they're always living under what's been processed by somebody else. And never learning to go pray and seek the face of God and get into your word and begin to get a little something for yourself that sustains you. Study the word of God. Read the word of God that you might not sin against God. Uh, that's why we got to make up in our mind that a house of God that's full of the blessed believer and those that try to live carnal, this house will not stand. But if there's anybody that made up their mind, I'm part of the seed of Abraham. Pastor, you don't need to tell me to go read my Bible. Pastor, you don't need to tell me how to go to the prayer room. I want to go to the prayer room. I don't want to live under a milk relationship that's produced by somebody else. I want to go get something for myself. House divided. Blessing versus unblessing. A carnal person goes to church is really just the low priority of your life. The going to church, the activities of church, well, if I go once a week, I'm all right. This, this going to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Tuesday night, and prayer night, and youth night. You're more comfortable around sin than you are, are around righteousness. A carnal man struggles. You regularly make fun of or laugh at or become angered by righteous spiritual things. 
You have no spiritual disciplines of prayer and Bible reading and Bible study and Bible uh, memory and witnessing or fasting. You always let everybody else do it. You have become angered by preaching that challenges and convicts and corrects and rebukes and even nudges you a little bit. Some of you are saying, you're an evangelist, Brother Willis. What are you doing talking about? I'm trying to bring revival here. God brought me here for such a time as this. It's time for spiritual mamas to step up and say, Ishmael, you don't belong in this house. There is a mocking of revival. There is a mocking of revival that's everywhere. You've got to step up and say, it's got to get out of here. We are going to believe God for the greatest revival we have ever heard. If you're carnal, you dislike worshiping people. People that have outward demonstration of worship annoys you. Like David's wife, carnal, said, how dare you take off your kingly ones? Don't you know who you are? David said, I know exactly who I am. I'm part of the seed of Abraham's seed. I ain't got a right to wear these kingly robes. I ain't got a right to sit down here if I don't worship God. I'm telling her, oh, you need to hear me right now. I'm telling you right now, some of you probably had a little struggle this morning when I was preaching about uh, demonstration of power and spirit. Uh, I'm telling you right now, we haven't broke the back of this thing yet, uh, but we're going to break the back of this thing because we've got to get to that place where we get so lost in God. Uh, all we care about is spiritual things, uh, spiritual desires. Uh, we're hungry for meat uh, more than milk. Uh, we are hungry for great things of God. Don't want pastor authority or advice. You may never say it verbally, but if you feel it inside, there's a carnal nature that's rising up in you. You only do things for God that others will notice and applaud. You are unwilling to do small, menial tasks for others, the church, and God's kingdom. If you don't get noticed for what you did, you regularly give into temptation and get tripped up by the same sins over and over again, even after repenting. You live on a steady diet of worldly music and entertainment of all kinds that promote, glorify, and justify sinful activity. You will not listen to godly advice even from church leaders like the youth pastor or the administrative leader or close family or friends. You are for, never want them to give you advice. You reject it as they come to you to talk to you. God is not the first priority of your life. When sacrifice comes, you're willing to sacrifice and not give of your time. 
You don't think uh, that you have any room for improvement. You think that you can regularly participate in gossip and backbiting and contribute to arguments and strife and create things stirred up in the heart. You look for controversies, ways to bring divisions rather than seeking peace and unity with those around you. You regularly fill with envy and rage and jealousy and pride and any other emotion that does not reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, meekness, and so forth. Humility is a word that makes you uncomfortable. The bishop called me tonight to preach a message this morning. Brother Buxton called and said, called just before I started to preach. He didn't know what I was preaching. And I asked him, tell me what he preached. My son was telling me how he preached so good today. And what did you preach? And he shared with me. He says, we're too busy living under anointing and not blessing. Because in order to live under blessing, you have to be broken. Blessing and brokenness come together. And he blessed and broke the bread. like to be anointed. You secretly are dishonest, but you like people to view you as trustworthy. You regularly lie because you think it's okay because you don't get You're constantly looking for loopholes in God's word rather than to surrender to the full authority of God's word. You get more excited about the football game and the latest event in the sports world, who's living and who's dying than the goodness of God. You can't remember the last time you talked about God outside the church function. You regularly let your mind dwell on you you regularly let your mind dwell on lust, immoral, wicked and evil things, but you think it's okay because you haven't acted on it. You have no respect for godly elders and opinions other than your own. You do not value those who labor in word, your pastors, your preachers, your evangelists, missionaries, teachers. You do not think they are worthy of double portion. You have not felt the presence of God in a long, long time. Carnality will always, its perception will always bring fear. But spiritual perception will always let us see things correctly. 
the host of the enemy or the host of God's love. I know it's Sunday Night Live and I'm supposed to be preaching the house right now. But I, I have not shaken me. I asked the Lord to put this on me. Some of you tonight, you're going to have to go more than once to hear it and for you to see it. Some of you thought this morning was enough. Felt it when you walked in the service. That's the problem with intellectuals. Nothing but the satisfaction of the mind. But nothing of the spirit. What happens to staying and feeling after time? Sometimes you need to get broken. As you are feeling after time. Sometimes you'll have to get through worldly influence in order to feel after God. The Bible says no sin will ever be in his presence. And so, I hear a common statement today that I will not be led blindly. Sounds quiet to me. But see, Fearing after God is like the blind person that begins to touch the fringes of things. They begin to understand who God is. We all look through a glass. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Carnality wants to see it, to believe it. Believers want to feel. Try the spirits and see if they're of God or not. They're hungry to know God. Submitting yourself and being humble towards the things of God. That's what we have got to understand the difference between the blessing and the unblessed. The seed of the blessing versus the seed of the unchosen blessing. A babe cannot take meat, so the mother takes meat and breaks it down so the child can eat. trying to preach us in is that every one of us deal with carnality to a certain degree. Carnal mind will be digesting social media 
and praying and in the Bible. We're all pretty guilty. Carnal mind. Goes on in the household of God. That person, to the best of you. Still on the camera? Still here? Anybody else to pick up that rope and lay it? Oh, they had to go get it again. Brother Naeem, where you at? Oh, bring the same with you. the spirit that's the greatest challenge of our day I'm not worried about government I'm not worried about possession of devils I'm worried about a carnal mind that thinks that we can live church and operate on our own will while we are in church. The carnal mind pressure carnal mind will do everything in contrast of the things of God. And it begins to pull apart everything that God's trying to do. It slows down the progress. It hinders the relationship of revival. And it begins to, begins to tear down the household that God is building. Because if God don't build the house, we that labor, we labor in vain that build the house. And so somewhere we've got to have a blessed people that come to Naeem now and said, come on, Naeem, I want to live blessed. And so you begin to jump on his side of the lane and you begin to tell that old carnal self, guess what? I choose blessing. I choose blessing in this hour. I refuse to let myself be led by the carnal effort right now. I wish I had somebody join Naeem right now. That's it. Oh, come on, Rock Church. You got to make a little. It's time to pull and make sure that this carnal mind cannot stand with God's house. Let's go. Oh, would somebody believe me right now? You want to be used to God? You like being used to God? I want to be on the blessing side of this thing right now. Carnality would get mad at God using people. I'm just going to rebuke that spirit right now. I'm telling you, woman, God's using you. And I believe God's raising up prophetess today. Do you hear this, preacher? 
God's using you this hour. And I don't, everybody else that has a problem are dealing with carnality on their own. Go ahead. Talk to him, son. What does he need? He said, I've got to reach a city. I'm an outreach director. I ain't got time for carnal minds. I ain't got time for carnal efforts trying to hinder what God wants to do. Rock Church, right now, it's time to graduate beyond the milk of the word. It's time to grow up and say, God, give us some meat. Give us some meat. I gotta have some meat right now. I gotta have some things that I can chew on for a while. But flesh hates this kind of preaching tonight. My flesh doesn't even want me to preach this tonight. I got no choice. Because I made a decision. I got to live on the blessed side of this thing. That other side is dangerous. That other side is dangerous. It causes more people to backslide uh, because they get all upset and anger in their spirit uh, and they can no longer raise their hands uh, when somebody else gets blessed. Uh, it's time, Rock Church, uh, we ought to get excited right now that God's using these two men. Uh, they're only four years old in this thing, uh, but guess what? Uh, they're four years newer than I was when I started preaching. Uh, I'm telling you, we ought to get excited right now that God's saying, uh, I'm raising up a generation after the seed of Abraham. Come on. When Isaac comes, here comes Jacob. And when Jacob comes, he raises a seed named Joseph. And Joseph, God uses Joseph to save his family in the middle of a famine. But even when it's all said and done, Jacob knew you're not leaving my bones in this place. You're taking me out of this thing. A blessing person. They're so excited about what God's going to do in the future of the church right now. You can't got time to be entangled with negativity upon the mind of the church right now. say this to all those listening online. You looking at me? I'm looking at you. I don't believe everybody that's at home is carnal. If you don't believe me, you need to listen to the message of the well of Haran. But I do believe that there are carnal forces trying to hinder the greatest revival and outpouring we could ever have right now. What's going to happen right now? I'm sorry, I'm, this thing's got to get broken. I've been in this rock church. I've preached for many years. We haven't broke the, the spirit of what's going on in our area. Forget about across the country. We need to worry about it right here. You know what we ought to do right now? We ought to have the voice of the spirit, the voice of the mind of God right now. Stand up and say, that you're going to, in the name of Jesus, believe in the greatest outpouring you have ever seen in your life right now. 
Carnality tells you, be quiet. Carnality says, you're foolish. Carnality says, hush up. I'm telling you right now, Rock Church, you ought to rise up right now and say, I choose to be on the blessed side of revival. I don't want just anointing. I want blessed living right now. What you do in the natural affects the spiritual. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? So what you do right now, do you, how many believe right? What you do right now is affecting the spiritual. How many believe that? That it's impacting the heavenlies. How you respond right now, do you not believe it affects uh, the heavenlies right now? You want the heavenlies to come down? You want the pieces of God to come down? You want the glory of God to come down? What you do right now, come on, a house that's divided cannot stand. You've got to say this house is going to begin to believe for a supernatural move of the Holy Ghost right now. I wish somebody take authority in the name of Jesus and you crucify carnality, crucify the flesh, crucify your own desires. Be not weary and well doing. Oh, oh, you cannot faint right now. You cannot faint in the middle of this right now. You've got to rise up and tell the enemy of the flesh, you will not rule my mind. You will not rule my desires. You will not rule my hunger for the things of God. you got to make up in your mind. I refuse to be divided. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm sorry for preaching so heavy tonight. I wanted us to have a victory march, and I think we still can. But when there is fighting, there is this thing going on within us. I think we have forgotten that the kingdom of God suffereth violence. But the violent have to take it by force. I know I probably preach a message that nobody else will ever want to hear me preach. But I wonder if that somehow that our spiritual awareness would rise up right now and that we tell this old flesh, you're not going to rule this hour. You're not taking control of this hour. This is our hour. This is our moment right now. 
Oh, with somebody right now. Oh, with somebody right now. Oh, you begin to believe right now. I choose to be on the blessed side of this thing. I choose to be on the spiritual side of this thing. Oh, oh God. Oh, let me have some meat tonight. Let me have some things here tonight. Oh, I'm desiring the great things of God here tonight right now. Come on, Rock Church. Come on, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That's it, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Just like